serious fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them. When you have a heart attack like I did and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me. Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal. My independence is possible because of it. Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center. Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going to a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now, 1-800-304-3912. That's 1-800-304-3912. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure, 1-800-304-3912. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much, and yes, I am back. I want to thank Andre Traversa for filling in for me quite ably yesterday as I had a, uh, a medical situation to deal with. Uh, today is uh, a Tuesday, and of course, you're welcome to call in at 901-509-8957 here at the IRN USA Radio Network, where we broadcast Monday through Friday, 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time, 9 to 11 Central Time. And I want to welcome this segment, John Howard Wilhelm, who is a constitutional expert and who is presenting a plan to... Uh, foster the development in the United States of third parties. John, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, Chuck, thanks for having me on your program on a very important issue. I appreciate this a great deal. You're welcome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the phenomena of third parties in the United States historically and today. Uh, I, the way I view it is that third parties have always fa played a very important role in terms of uh, either uh, of developing particular reforms and bringing up particular issues that either then are absorbed by one of the two major parties, or in some cases the third party itself becomes one of the major two parties. But we always seem to go back to the the paradigm of two major parties. So, uh, what do you see, John, as the role of third parties, and how do we foster them? Well, uh, that gets to the question of why I think we need uh, to open up our political processes to third parties. And I basically have three reasons under our current circumstances. And one is the need for candid and informative discussions of policy issues that we, in my judgment, have not been getting since the uh, 1992 election when uh, Ross Perot had a visible third-party presence. And in terms of your earlier comments, it was an example of where a third-party effort made a difference. It certainly did in terms of the importance that the Clinton administration assigned to trying to uh, put the U.S. budget in better
better balance than it was at the time that uh, Clinton came into office. I think that's a very good example. I mean, Ross Perot, in 1992, he garnered 19% of the vote, which was enough to swing the election to Bill Clinton, who was elected as a minority president. But putting aside the politics of that, his third party was able to introduce several ideas that have now become acceptable and mainstream in American politics. Firstly, the issue of the, ba- of the budget, the massive increase in the federal budget, and secondly, the, uh, the business of uh, the effect of uh, free trade was having and the NAFTA agreement was having on uh, American industry. So uh, both of those ideas have become uh, po- po- points of, of great discussion and, and, and politics I uh, would since, prob- since Perot. I would probably dissent yeah. a little bit. I think that they have been come, but I don't see any change in either of those areas. We have a very serious budget problem that we're really not addressing, given the future that I think we face. And I don't see, in terms of a tendency towards uh, uh, complete a free trade, which I'm not quite in favor of, I don't see a tendency away from that uh, in terms of current right. policies. The uh, current administration, as I think you well know, is trying to... Uh, expand the free trade area, particularly in terms of the Pacific Basin. Correct. Well, you know, maybe what you're bringing up here then, John, is actually a very important point, which is that while the third party in 1992, that being Ross Perot's party, was able to introduce these ideas, there really hasn't been any significant movement in either of those principles, that being uh, free, moderating free trade and um, balancing the budget, because the two major parties – while they may give lip service to it, neither of them has done anything with it. Uh, they well, both have continued on. That, that uh, Chuck, that gets to the nub of the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a, a second reason that we need third parties is we need to give our people better and more choices than just the two choices of these two parties that, in fact, don't amount to very good choices, as I think you just pointed out. And yet we've had two parties going all the way back to the days of Jefferson. Uh, the first third party to enter into the fray was the Anti-Masonic Party in the 1820s, and that led to the development of several modern um, functions. One of them was the primary, and secondly was the party platform. Uh, the, uh, the Anti-Masonic Party eventually emerged and became the the Whig Party, which then became the second party in the 1830s and 40s. And then the Whig Party, when that imploded, eventually was picked up as the Republican Party. Uh, But but yet there seems to be this kind of bipolar political tendency um, that, that we have two parties. We usually have two major presidential candidates with maybe a few extra people running as a sort of quasi-independently, and and that that seems to be the trend. Uh, why is that? Well, it's a, a very good question. It's clearly, I think, as you, you're aware, it's not constitutionally mandated, but it is really a result of the voting system we use, and that's our system of plurality voting that we inherited from the British, where you, it, it, the British, Britain being a case where you also have two-party dominance. 
And that occurs simply because we use the system of plurality voting. Voters have only one vote, and uh, uh, the person that gets the most votes, whether it's a majority or, or, or not, wins the election. And that's the nub of the problem. In a plurality voting system, if you have a, a, a numerous candidates, more than uh, three or more candidates, then you get problems of vote splitting, and you frequently get results that uh, if you have more than two viable candidates, that uh, the candidate that really is the least popular gets the most votes and wins, even though that candidate does not have anything close to a majority support. And that's what drives parties to go to things like primaries. That's why in our voting system you tend to have the uh, syndrome of the wasted vote. Don't vote for a uh, Ralph Nader because that's going to give the election to a George Bush type of situation. And right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it, there's a term for this. It's called Duverger's Law. D-U-V-E-R-G-E-R. I was a, a, a Frenchman. Duverger, I think, is how they pronounce it. And mm-hmm. he has pointed out, and the empirical evidence shows this very clearly, that wherever you have a system of plurality voting, voters get only one vote and the person with the most votes winning you tend to have, over time, the development of a very strong two-party system. And empirically, that's very, very true. Well, uh, John, I guess the question, therefore, is, what is the alternative? I mean, we have in this country, as you point out, one man, one vote. Every citizen gets a single vote for the presidency, and uh, that is the one national election. Um, I suppose that we could get into a discussion of the Electoral College. That's a separate matter. It is. But the fact is that, yeah, but the fact is that, as you say, the result has been a winner-take-all system and that a third party has a tendency of acting the spoiler. And it's not just on the federal level either. I mean, even recently in the, the state of Virginia, we saw this uh, this real sleazebag, McAuliffe, become governor because – they ran a straw candidate as a libertarian who siphoned off enough votes from the legitimate conservative candidate. And, and that elected that's another this, this, aspect this crook. of our voting system. Our, our system of uh, plurality voting and the uh, top uh, two runoff system of voting that's been adopted in California in 2010, they're both very vulnerable to uh, these candidates that draw off votes from others and change the election. And that's an incentive for political parties, for instance, the Republicans in 2004, to support an effort by a Ralph Nader to get on the ballots in the country. And it also is is the incentive for Democrats uh, to use dirty tricks, as occurred in 2004, to keep Ralph Nader off of the ballot. And that's the problem with our current uh, uh, system. It's very manipulable. I didn't say quite right. Sorry about that. Uh, In this sense. Now, what we need, in my judgment, 
is a voting system that achieves two important goals. One, it levels the uh, voting field for third parties. And two, it will tend to give representative results in the outcomes of the election given voters' preferences. And I do think... So then how... Yeah. Go ahead. How does that translate, John, therefore? I mean, you are you are essentially calling for a very fundamental change in our constitutional system here. Uh, are, are you not? Well, only in the British sense, because what I'm proposing, and I hope we can get into this, does not involve, a little bit later, does not involve any constitutional changes, but I think can be affected by a simple statutory act on the part of Congress. Uh, the, uh, the, the real question is, if you want to level the voting field for third parties, and if you want to get it in your elections, results that are representative, or most representative, let's say, of the voters' preferences, then I think that we do have a system that can go a great deal along the way of achieving those results. And that's a system that my former employer, the American Mathematical Society, uses for the election of its officials, and a system that I'm proposing that we try to adopt in U.S. federal elections, and that's approval voting. And... uh how would it's that a work? very simple system. In fact, next to uh, plurality voting, it's probably the simplest voting system. But under approval voting, voters are allowed to give one vote each to the candidate or candidates they support in single winner, multiple candidate elections, with the candidate having the most votes winning. It's no more complicated than that. You can you this. Approval voting allows a voter to make a decision, which our plurality voting does not, on every candidate in on the ballot, yes or no. And the person that gets the most yeses is the person that would get elected. And the advantage of that system is that that probably in most cases will elect uh, the person that is acceptable to the largest number of voters in the election. Well, what I guess, I'm trying to get my, my mind around this. What you seem to be suggesting is that you can vote for more than one person. Uh, but, uh, John, we've got to take a brief break for commercials here. You're listening to the IRN USA Radio Network. We'll be back. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners 
have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. You probably knew that Thomas Edison gave us the first commercial light bulb. But did you know he invented alkaline batteries and an electric train? Edison said, if we all did the things we're capable of, we would astound ourselves. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. For almost two decades, I've been helping families build home businesses. Many have been astounded at what they've been able to achieve. Today, I want to introduce you to my newest and most exciting home business concept ever. It's MaxAchieve.com. If you'd like to earn $500 to $5,000 or more a month working from home, check out MaxAchieve.com. This is more than a home business. At MaxAchieve, we want to help you experience more success in all areas of your life. To find out how you could astound yourself, go to MaxAchieve.com. That's MaxAchieve.com. Or call 800-801-3465. 800-801-3465. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-540-0364. 1-800-540-0364. That's 1-800-540-0364. 1-800-540-0364. Hi, I'm Joan London. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Uh, my guest is John Howard Wilhelm. We're talking about uh, voter reform in the United States as a way to um, bring about more of a representation of the voter. Uh, John, so uh, exactly how would this work? You, you seem to be suggesting a system by which uh, we as citizens get to vote for more than one candidate. And is well, this only on the federal level or is it on the state level as well? Well, I would prefer it everywhere, but I, th- I, w- I think the biggest problems we have is in the federal level. And what it, I would 
prefer to put it another way. What plurality voting allowed is the most limited information to be conveyed by the voter in the voting process. What approval voting does is it allows the voters to express their voice on every candidate for a given office in an election. And I would submit that that allows the voters to convey better their preferences in terms of the outcome. And I would also argue, and partly it's based on technical considerations, it's hard to go into in a short period of time. I think it would allow for results that are better representative of what the voters want. Let me give a specific example that might help clarify it from our own recent history, and that's the 2000 presidential election in Florida. Had they had approval voting then, those people that voted for Ralph Nader could have realized that he did not have a chance to win. And if they had some preferences between Bush and Gore, who were the viable candidates in Florida, they could also express, in addition to expressing their support for Nader, they could also express which one of the two that they would prefer. I would submit, though I would not have preferred that outcome, that had that been the case, that a number of them would have given predominantly an additional vote to Gore, and that in terms of the outcome there, that would have really better reflected the preferences of the voters whose votes counted in that election. Well, I mean, but yet, doesn't that, how does that in any way help uh, further the interests of a third party? Well, uh, in that case, uh, Nader was a third party. Casting a vote for Nader is not a wasted vote. Uh, if you don't like the other two, maybe you only vote for a Nader. But if you're if you are concerned about the choice, and it is a choice between the other two, you have the right, the ability to express that as well. And I just would submit that that would help third parties because people are very reluctant to vote for third parties because it's a wasted vote. That third party candidate is a spoiler. And we basically you know, get I, rid of that with approval voting. I mean, I suppose it's it's an interesting thing to contemplate because if if that if if the type of voting you're you're calling for was in place, then you would have had probably Gore would have won Florida, but you also would have had a very large vote, an even larger vote than than existed, probably at least triple, if not quadruple, the vote for Ralph Nader, because That's there were probably correct. a lot of people out there. Yeah, that's quite correct, and I would argue that that is also desirable because that would give, that would signal to the political leaders, the support level that a Ralph Nader had, and the concerns that those people, and your point's a very well taken one, that the concerns those people had, and I think that would also be beneficial to our political processes. I mean, I suppose if you're going to have the type of vote you're calling for. Probably most of the people who voted for Gore would have preferred voting for Nader, but they didn't want to throw away their vote. In which That's case, correct. you could have ended up Nader could have ended up on a national level getting 
you know, almost as big a vote as Gore, if not bigger. Well, if he were to get bigger, maybe that would indicate that he was a better candidate than Gore. I doubt that that would have been the case. Uh, but if that were the case, uh, and he got a bigger vote than uh, because Gore did get a bigger vote than Bush, then I would argue under those circumstances the appropriate winner should have been uh, Nader. And I would argue that there's a good chance, assuming that we, assuming away the uh, electoral college, of course, and I, I, right. I would argue that that would be appropriate outcome in terms of the result best representing voters' desires. I mean, I suppose on the right, you would have had a lot more people voting for Pat Buchanan and maybe for the Constitutional Party candidate, maybe for the Libertarian Party candidate. And uh, and that, that could have been a vote that might have even been close to that for Bush. Anyway, we're going to take a break for news here. Uh, John, stay with me. We'll be back after news. Stay right, tuned for news. You. Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. Hi, I'm Joan London and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. Really? Yeah. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Taking back America one listener at a time, Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is John Howard Wilhelm. We're talking uh, a, a form of representational voting on the national level, federal level, perhaps state level, that would uh, allow for a greater voice uh, amongst uh, third-party candidates and, I suppose, independent candidates. Uh, John, I, I think that this would require, and I'm not a constitutional lawyer by any means, but I believe it would require a constitutional amendment. Uh, because no. the Constitution does specifically say how a president is to be uh, elected. 
uh, I, I would argue no, and I've argued no. You're right on, on the Constitution being a little unclear, but I think the Supreme Court has been rather clear. And that was the case of Oregon versus Mitchell in 1970. And the opinion of the court was expressed by Justice Justice Black, and in his opinion, he said the following, and I think it's very important and relevant here, and I quote, I would hold, as have a long line of decisions in this court, that Congress has the ultimate supervisory power over congressional elections. Similarly, it is a prerogative of Congress to oversee the conduct of presidential and vice presidential elections and set the qualifications for vote voters for electors for the, these offices. It cannot be seriously contended, contended that Congress has less power over the conduct of presidential elections than it has over congressional elections. And that being the case, and I think that's sound and I think that's constitutional, I would argue that a simple statutory act could mandate approval elections for senators representatives and the president of the united states and if you tied that in with a, a congressional act that uh, uh, allowed states to engage in uh, interstate agreements uh, to allocate their uh, electoral votes to that candidate who got the most votes in the election we could in fact get around the uh electoral college, and we could have, in doing so, a much better system uh, than if we just simply abolished the electoral college, because we'd still be uh, left with our a very bad voting system, our system of plurality voting. Well, well, first of all, I think that the decision that you're quoting from, it, while it allows Congress to regulate um, national elections for Congress, it doesn't say anything about the presidency. And the presidency is very clearly stated in the Constitution that one vote will be cast by each citizen for an elector. And uh, that would have to, in order to uh, override that, there would have to be a, an amendment, I would argue. I, I would argue, and I generally don't agree with the fair vote people, but this is one issue that uh, I do agree with them on. Uh, the Constitution does allow for interstate compacts, and how the uh, 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 states uh, set what their electors do is up to the states under the Constitution. And under an interstate compact, I would argue, or at least I think it ought to be tested, that Congress could pass under uh, Article 1, Section 10. Uh, 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 as part of a voting uh, reform act, uh, uh, a stipulation that states could engage in uh, uh, interstate agreement uh, to allocate the elect their electors to the person that had the most votes in the presidential election, and that would get around well, that. But doesn't that it, doesn't that kind of invalidate the voters in that state? I no. mean, let's say you had a state in in nineteen in two thousand and one who voted uh, for Gore, but Bush won the popular vote. Those electors would have to vote for Bush, even if the state overwhelmingly that, supported Gore. That 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 is correct under that thing, and uh, what those electors would have to do 
is vote for the candidate who has the popular All right, we've got to take another brief break here, John. I'm sorry about that. We'll be right back. All right. Could saving 15 to 20% of your wealth in gold and silver coins protect your assets from inflation? Does a grizzly defecate amongst the tall foliage? Do pirates like to say, Arrgh! Do politicians and diapers need to be changed frequently, and for the same reason? Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, you certainly understand the need then to own gold and silver coins. Come to usgoldcoins.com or call us at 1-800-878-2646 and protect your wealth by acquiring gold and silver United States coins. usgoldcoins.com, 1-800-878-2646. As you are enjoying this program, please consider the following. If the value of your money is based solely on the number of paper dollars in circulation, what does a massive increase in the supply of money mean to you? How does quantitative easing affect the value of your wealth? Will printing by central banks around the world change the nature of the buying power of your money? If this is all the case, what is an investor to do? usgoldcoins.com highly recommends that people diversify their wealth call us today and learn how you can acquire physical gold and silver coins to help divide your assets into a number of areas that would provide greater protection against an inevitable loss in buying power by the excessive printing of capital if we can't control washington if we can't control the central banks it is up to the individual investors to protect their own wealth do you have a sufficient amount of gold and silver coins? Please call us today, 1-800-878-2646, or log on on the web at usgoldcoins.com. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. Really? Yeah. They found me a place for which she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, Call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. John Howard Wilhelm is my guest. Uh, John, uh, talking about uh, approval voting, which is, I think, a very interesting idea. Uh, we're talking here about the Electoral College, which I also think is a basic institution that protects the states, basically. Um you know, you may have a state, a smaller state. The reason the Founding Fathers put that in was to protect the smaller states. That way you didn't have the big states dominate elections. 
And I think that principle still applies because if we have only the big states or the big population centers like New York or Los Angeles, uh, they'll control the election because they get the most people. You know, I mean, we'll have uh, some small party in uh, New York City will field a candidate and they could beat out, uh, you know, 12 states in the Midwest or in the, or in the Plains. Do you see what I mean? Well, Chuck, if, if we went to, uh, well, I think you have something of a point and some reservations. I don't quite agree with them. If we uh, modify, and I believe we have the flexibility to do so, the Electoral College by a statutory act, then if it turns out to be a mistake, and there was a lot of wisdom in the way that the founding fathers originally, are, uh, it's thought that they intended to have the Electoral College work, we could return to that. If we do like what we did under prohibition and have a constitutional change, it's maybe hard to unmake that if it turns out to be a mistake. I don't think it would be a mistake, one. Secondly, I would say that clearly under the Constitution, Congress does, Congress can give the states the power to make agreements between themselves to allocate their electors to that candidate who gets the most votes. They they do have that right constitutionally, and there actually is an effort underway right now to do just that. Uh, you've got this group that wants to do an end run around the Electoral College by getting states to sign this contract, committing their delegates to the popular to the person who gets the popular votes. I'm really against that. I mean, I think that that invalidates the will of the people in each of the states. But we'll, we'll be right back and go take another break here, John. Sorry about that. If the value of your money is based solely on the number of paper dollars in circulation, what does a massive increase in the supply of money mean to you? Will printing by central banks around the world change the nature of the buying power of your money? If this is all the case, what is an investor to do? USGoldCoins.com highly recommends that people diversify their wealth. Call us today and learn how you can acquire physical gold and silver coins to help divide your assets into a number of areas that will provide greater protection against an inevitable loss in buying power by the excessive printing of capital. If we can't control Washington, if we can't control the central banks, it is up to the individual investors to protect their own wealth. Do you have a sufficient amount of gold and silver coins? Please call us today, 1-800-878-2646, or log on on the web at usgoldcoins.com. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. John Howard Wilhelm is my guest. John, we're talking here um, a different kind of representative election. Uh, talk a bit more on uh, some of the practicalities of this. I mean, I think people need to understand how this would work technically and what, what would be gained from it. Well, uh, how it would work technically is basically the same way our, our current elections uh, work, with, with exceptions of the change I'd like to make in the electoral system. And that is uh, you simply people cast votes. They're tallied up. 
and the person that has the most votes wins. It's no more complicated than that. There are other alternatives that have been proposed that are much more complicated voting systems, uh, and I think that they have some very serious problems. Uh, this does not. And how it would work, I think that the main thing in terms of how it would work is two things. It would do a lot to level the political field for third parties, something I think the country badly needs. We need to move away from our dysfunctional two-party system. Secondly, I would argue, in terms of the results, it would give more representative results in the election than our current system does. Now, I think it might be useful to make one other point that goes back to an earlier point that you're raising. I think it's a good point to raise, but probably one that I, uh, in one sense, disagree with. One of the things that it would do is it would equalize for every American the say that they would have in voting for president. And I think that in terms of our Constitution, in terms of the British sense, British uh, the practice we've been going towards, is the idea of one man, one vote. I think you could say in the context of a system like uh, approval voting, one person, one voice. And I think that that would tend to give us more representative results. I think it would move away from the uh, bipartisan gridlock that we have, and I think it would probably do some of the other things that we mentioned earlier in your program in terms of getting more discussion of policy issues that we need to pay attention to in giving the, our people better and more choices uh, in, in, uh, than just two in our elections, and helping to break the bipartisan gridlock in Washington. Now, the question is... Well, yeah. well that, I mean, I think that perhaps... Uh, it's just an impression is that once the president is elected, the president's elected, the problem with what you call gridlock is not necessarily a problem. It has more to do with the fact that the balance of powers requires that the president needs to answer to Congress. And uh, Congress can be a much more diverse body of people from various parties. I would be, I would be interested in seeing how such a system of, of electing um, federal, federal representatives, how that would apply to Congress. Uh, do you have anything to say on that? Well, how would it apply to Congress? I think that you would see... Uh, opportunities for uh, uh, Green Party members to be elected to Congress, uh, uh, Libertarians to be uh, elected to Congress, and I would like to see uh, a National Renewal Party established in this country along the lines maybe of the original uh, Reform Party movement, and you could see members of that elected to Congress. If, under those circumstances, neither parties had uh, majorities in either of the House of Congress, I think both of our major parties would have to start behavingly, behaving differently, and I think that would help us move away from the bipartisan gridlock that we have. And it would, I think, get better discussions of the policy issues and considerations of the policy issues we have. Now, the question is how to get there. And the thing that you're doing on the, your program 
today, I think is very helpful. We need to educate the American public about this issue. Once the American public is educated well about the issue and is in a position to make some informed judgments, then and if it concludes that we ought to make some changes, then we need to uh, petition Congress to institute those changes. What I'm trying to do right now in Michigan, here in Ann Arbor, where I live, is to try to organize an effort to uh, uh, engage our senior senator who's retiring. I'd like to see people in Georgia engage their senior senator, Saxby Chambliss, who is also retiring, to propose a, a voting reform bill in the Senate. That would get it out that issue out into the public forum. It would allow us to start educating the public and seeing if we should make some changes that might improve our political... All right, so we're going to take another break here. Sorry about that. Interesting. We'll be right back. While Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama have been in Washington trying to legislate an economy, I've been all over America working to improve the economy one family at a time with the three-step plan home business system. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. Thousands of enterprising Americans have changed their own financial futures by starting a business from their kitchen table. Most began part-time using their personal computers, telephones, and a belief in the American dream to carve out a stable business in a stormy business climate. They are housewives, truck drivers, downsized executives, health professionals, and even a lawyer or two. You could earn extra money or even replace your job. Technology advances have made this simpler and more efficient. So don't wait another 10 years. Check out the three-step plan. Go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much, uh, John Howard Wilhelm is my guest. We're talking about a pretty interesting proposal here um, to uh, reform our electoral process. John, I am very interested in, in talking about how this would apply to the U.S. Congress. Uh, it seems to me that it would result in somewhat of a parliamentary system on the congressional level because you don't have like uh, second, third, fourth, fifth parties electing enough of a block of congressmen and senators to form various coalitions inside Congress to uh, for various legislative efforts. Uh, I think it probably would threaten, if not completely throw out, the idea of the major party holding the power, which is what we have right now. Uh, whichever party has the majority in the House and Senate gets to hold all of the power and they get to appoint all the chairmen of the uh, various committees. So uh, you know, if you want to stick with me a little bit into the next hour, because it's a bigger subject, I, I'd like to I, talk I, about... I'd be more okay. than willing to do Chuck, uh, so, Chuck. It's Thank a good you. offer from my perspective. Thank you. And I want to talk a little bit about how this would look because uh, when you take a look around the world at parliamentary systems, they're not necessarily better or more representative than uh, than our American system. 
You have, uh, I, I think, of, for example, the state of Israel, where you have a, uh, a government that cobbles together various third, fourth, fifth parties that often are completely divergent from each other and, and in utterly in disagreement with each other uh, for the sake of, of creating a government. And uh, it's a very – there are other, I suppose, parliamentary examples of, of how that's worked. We rejected the parliamentary system in this country, I think, because of our the, – the founding fathers and because the founding generation viewed the British parliament as really the oppressor, not the king, and, uh, and, and that they felt that uh, it, there was more of a benefit in the idea of having a um, – sort of a more a stronger voice in, in, in the uh, legislature. But we're going to take a break for news. John Howard Wilhelm is my guest. We're talking uh, electoral issues here. Stay tuned for news. like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6154-24 hours and leave your information, I'll send the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6154-24 hours and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6154. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6154 now. Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800 301 6177. Again, 800 301 6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800 301 6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. A Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. And we're back. Hour number two of Chuck Moore Speaks. Uh, you're welcome to join the program. 901-509-8957. 901-509-8957. And we're having an extended conversation today with uh, John Howard Wilhelm who is uh, making proposals and who's an activist with regard to uh, changing the uh, system of voting to be one that uh, he argues would be more representative. 
John, we're talking here specifically about how we elect our members of Congress. Uh, I, I actually think that there's a great deal to say for your system, and I'm speaking here as a former candidate for Congress in Massachusetts right. myself, uh, in that I think that if you have third-party participation, then not only would the race be more competitive, but there would be less outside interest. There would be less money pouring in yeah. to a district because there would be less of an ability to buy the election. Right now, the system we have, these congressional districts have become so big and so unwieldy that the elected congressman either has to be a multimillionaire or they have to take in all this money from various outside interests just to run the election because it's a... Uh, it requires this enormous media buy and it's all this, the rest of it. Whereas if you have perhaps a system of representative voting, then you could really have someone go out and, you know, a retired housewife, a retiree, a, even a, you know, a young person, they could go out and knock on doors and make a major impact in a congressional election and really garner enough votes to either you know, perhaps win even or become a power broker in their in their district. Uh, maybe throw their vote to uh, to another candidate in exchange for them adopting certain ideas. Uh, How do you think this would work out? Well, uh, you've raised uh, b- before the break. You raised some is- interesting issues, and you've just now raised an interesting issue. And I, if I'd like to take the liberty of kind of tying them together. If I may, please. Uh, one, in terms of your statement, we're moving towards a parliamentary system. Not quite as long as the president is, is elected directly. But you raise a very good point in terms of pointing to Israel uh, and other, uh, and I would point to other countries. Hall, uh, the Netherlands would be another one I would cite, where you have a situation in which you have a plethora of parties in their parliament and this really creates a problem and if you were if you or your uh, listeners would take a look at my uh, electronic book that I have on my website uh, www.nationalrenewal.org and look at appendix 7 I've been very concerned about the problems of a plethora of parties in a legislature, and I proposed in my proposal for reform that the number of bar, uh, political parties on the federal ballot would be limited to five. It would be four of the parties that got in the previous election the largest number of votes. That it be either for Congress in midterm elections or for, for the president. And then it would be open to a fifth party uh, uh, through a national competition. Uh, and I did that uh, very deliberately. Uh, uh, I think you need an alternative to the Republicans. I think we need an alternative to the Democrats. And I think we need, in, in case those alternatives become stale, as our two major parties have, I think that you need to have a, bar- a low barrier to entry of new party and groups into the political process to shake it up if we need to do so. And my idea of having... Uh, a national uh, competition for a fifth party to be on the ballot is the way of doing that. Uh, uh, 
you also raised another very interesting issue that I'm interested in, and I, I, I've in, put in my uh, Appendix 7 in the proposed statutory act another clause that would uh, mandate that if a sitting congressman or senator were to lose their party's primary and they wanted to uh, uh, run for re-election, they would automatically be under approval voting on the ballot as well. That would reduce the pressures on congresspeople to build up big treasures uh, to fend off uh, primary challenges. And it, 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 uh, it, it, I think, feeds into your very perceptive comment uh, that I think is something we need to look at of trying to get less money or the need of less money, uh, or the need of more money. I'm not stating quite correct. Getting less money in right. our mm-hmm. political processes, uh, make, making the outcome of the elections dependent upon other things than just uh, the importance of money. Well, it would, it, would, it would lessen the influence of money. It would also lessen the influence of big media. Yeah. Because a person could be could really run a campaign on a bootstrap, more likely, and have a bigger impact, which yeah. would probably bring about getting more people involved. On all, I know here in Massachusetts we've got uh, all sorts of third-party candidates and third parties whether it be the Green Party on the left or whether it be the Constitutional Party on the right, that field candidates or try to field candidates, I think that in a case such as what you're ta- discussing, they would have an easier time fielding a candidate because it would make it worth someone's while. And it's a very difficult thing to run for an office. It takes a huge commitment. The person has to take a lot of time off. You know, a lot of people are not well healed, like, you know, these wealthy, uh, you know, Big fat cats that, that that often can't afford to run, and uh, they would be more inclined to do so because there's actually an incentive to maybe not win. Although it does open that possibility if a person has more than one opportunity to vote, but certainly get heard, certainly get a few points across, you know, knock a few balls over the over the plate. Uh, so it would be more democratic in that sense for sure. I think, Chuck, that that's a very, very good point, and I think you touch upon something that uh, in our discussion of money and money in politics, uh, we don't focus on. We tend to focus on the supply side and try to limit the uh, supply of money, which I, I think, and I do agree with the Supreme Court on this one, I think is, is bad policy. But the real way of affecting it, in my judgment, is to make changes on the demand side so that in terms of running for office and uh, uh, being successful in that effort, politicians would be less dependent on money. It would be less important in the political processes. I don't, I'm not very tolerant of those that want to get money out of politics because if you don't have money in politics, I think that uh, as I look at political systems, you run it by bullets. And, and money is an important grease. Uh, to make the political machine work well and work well for us. It isn't structured well now, and I don't think we've thought it out very well how to do that. Uh, And I don't know that I know all the answers. I have much stronger opinions in terms of voting systems. 
But I think you had a very good point, and it's something we do need to think about. How can we make other things than money much more important than the political processes of electing our officials so that process serves us better? Right, and also I'd like to point out, just as a, a sidebar question, is that is that I think money has to be legal in politics. It's a form of expression. Uh, people have a right to do that and express themselves and to do it through their money. You know, I agree the, with that, the, and I think it's very and important. And it, 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 it doesn't always involve uh, 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 self-interest on the part of those people. Some, it, it, there are certainly cases, and I think it's a public service, where the, there's people that have a lot of money. A Ross Pro in 1992 would be one example. Maybe a uh, Mayor Bloomberg might be a, a potential another example, where they are concerned about some issues, and using money is a way to raise those awareness of those issues with the American people. Then it's up to our our citizens to be well educated enough and critical enough to make some good judgments. But it does help to have money in politics to raise issues. Sure. And uh, how do you address uh, my contention, John, that that this would result in a parliamentary-type system in Congress? Well, uh, I was trying to address that. one, it, it wouldn't in the sense that we, uh, as, as in the French system, in fact, uh, our president is elected by the people, not by Congress, un- unless there's, you know, the, the problem that uh, there's a tie in the Electoral College, and then it would go to the House of Representatives. One, uh, 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 so he's elected separately, uh, and uh, other than the Senate consenting to who will serve in the administrative branch, Congress really doesn't determine what our administration is. It's basically the American people. So in that sense, I would argue it's not it, – it, it's closer to some aspects of the parliamentary system, but it's not. But I think you under you really touched upon a very crucial thing when you mentioned Israel. Every – all the politicians in Israel, from my, from what I understand, decry their system and right, would like to get uh, rid of that system of proportional representation. You know, when um, there was a professor here at the University of Michigan who had a big role in uh, devising the uh, West German uh, political system, after the end of the Second World War. And they put in a voting system there. It's it's a much more complicated voting system than I'm proposing, and I wouldn't propose something like that for us. But they put in a voting system that would uh, uh, open up the political process and does open up the political process to more than two parties, but limits the amount of parties that realistically are in the national legislature. I would submit that that has worked very, very well for the Germans, and that we, if, if we do change our uh, political system along the lines I'm maintaining, I would maintain that we ought to try to do a similar thing, and I would maintain that if one were to look at my proposal in Appendix 7, you'll at least see an attempt to do that. Appendix 7 of my book, 
uh, third party and, and voting reform, uh, the American dilemma. The uh, the other possibility that uh, it, perhaps an unintended consequence of this proposal might be that if you have a sitting president who has been elected, that that president could be recalled more easily. And I'm not saying that's good. But, oh, but uh, we can't recall you know, our president. Okay. We don't have any no, provision just, uh, in the Constitution to do that. We right. Can well, that's him. true, but we can impeach him. But in a in a parliamentary system, they can have like a vote of no confidence, and you know, that's right. It, it, uh, so, but but so, I'm so not that, proposing that, that. And under our Constitution, we would not uh, be affecting that by establishing uh, uh, the the proposed system of approval voting. Okay. So thanks for clarifying. We'll be right back. We're going to take another break. Uh, John Howard will help us find out. You probably knew that Thomas Edison gave us the first commercial light bulb. But did you know he invented alkaline batteries and an electric train? Edison said, if we all did the things we're capable of, we would astound ourselves. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. For almost two decades, I've been helping families build home businesses. Many have been astounded at what they've been able to achieve. Today, I want to introduce you to my newest and most exciting home business concept ever. It's MaxAchieve.com. If you'd like to earn $500 to $5,000 or more a month working from home, check out MaxAchieve.com. This is more than a home business. At MaxAchieve, we want to help you experience more success in all areas of your life. To find out how you could astound yourself, go to MaxAchieve.com. That's MaxAchieve.com. Or call 800-801-3465. 800-801-3465. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. That's 1-800-220-0926. 1-800-220-0926. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, Home Advisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners 
have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Whether it's a serious fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them. When you have a heart attack like I did and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me. Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal. My independence is possible because of it. Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center. Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going to a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now, 1-800-304-3912. That's 1-800-304-3912. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure, 1-800-304-3912. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is uh, John Howard Wilhelm. We're talking about his uh, proposal for proportional voting uh, in the United States. Uh, John, how can people get information about you and about this uh, proposal? Where can they read about it? There are two... Chuck, I really appreciate you asking that question. There's two places. First, uh, I've had for a number of years now a website on which I put my electronic book, Third Parties Voting Reform, The American Dilemma. And its uh, coordinates coordinates are are the following, www.nationalrenewal, as one word, .org. That's www.nationalrenewal.org. That's that's one way. Secondly, I am interested in contacting people that might be interested in looking at this issue and working on it, particularly in terms of trying to uh, address the issue with our senior senator and the senior senator of uh, Georgia. And I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and my uh, telephone number is uh, uh, freely available uh, uh, to anybody that wants to look it up. And how can they do it? Well, you could uh, you do a Yahoo or a Google search on uh, okay. uh, a telephone white pages and and our, uh, John Howard Wilhelm and our or John Wilhelm John H Wilhelm Ann Arbor, Michigan, and that would give me uh, give people my telephone number. I can give it out if if you want me to as well. Please do, please do. I'm area code seven three four. And the telephone number is 477-9942. Now, John, have you been in touch with others um, around the country, particularly third parties, to get them involved in this effort? And um, and if so, what sort of success have you had? Uh, that is a very good question. Uh, I initially started trying to work with the Reform Party, uh, uh Though actually before that, I worked here in Ann Arbor a lot on Green Party members. During the Ann Arbor Art Fair in July, uh, uh, Green Party would normally have uh, a booth 
it, at the issues section in the art fair, and I would talk to people there, and I would pass on uh, uh, some uh, pamphlets or short pamphlets that I had written or, or short statements I had written uh, on uh, approval voting to them. And if you were to look at my website or people were to look at my website, uh, they would see that, uh, and I'm trying to look up the chapter, which chapter it is. Uh, uh, uh. Well, yeah, anyway, uh, that's... Chapter, uh, yeah. chapter 5 and Chapter 6 deal with instant runoff voting, and that, that was uh, some exchanges I had with a Green Party member. More recently, I tried the uh, working with, and, and that didn't work out, with the uh, modern Whig Party. And currently, yep. I'm trying to engage uh, what's called the Centrist Party, which is not really a party, but is a... Uh, uh, an organization has been set up that can take uh, donations uh, to try to uh, in, uh, promote more centrist candidates across the country. Uh, so I've tried working with political parties. I've tried to emphasize two uh, uh, third parties. And right now I'm, uh, I'm working with a friend of mine that's involved with the Green Party that the first order of business for them needs to be the issue of voting reform because without voting reform with our system of plurality voting green and with the wasted vote problem third parties just don't have a realistic opportunity well you know john i want to thank you for joining me this afternoon you've got some very interesting ideas worth hearing and i hope that you're able to uh get these ideas mixed into the debate uh, this year and the coming midterm and uh, in the general uh, in two years. Chuck, I want to thank you so much, and you gave me so much time. You asked some very good questions. I'm really very appreciative. It's my pleasure, and uh, th thanks so much. Uh, John Howard Wilhelm, we're talking uh, uh, voter reform. We'll do it again soon. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. And uh, I should mention, of course, that uh, my books, my books, my books, available at um, Amazon Kindle. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, and and up they come. You know, it's uh, it's uh, they're moderately priced. These are full-length books, and uh, I'm proud of them. Anyway, we'll be back after this. home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, 
whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Your water may have bad taste or smells, but there's even more to be concerned about. City water contains harmful chlorine and chemicals, which enter our bodies while showering, cooking, and washing food. Bottled water or sink filters don't protect you. QuadMax, HydroCare's revolutionary whole house system, provides healthy, clean, great-tasting water from every faucet with virtually no pressure loss. It's the only one of its kind with four times the purification capacity in one compact unit, and it's only $495. The water quality far exceeds that of a system selling for twice the price. So take charge of your family's health. HydroCare, the smart technology for all your water problems. Try now, pay later. Go to bestfiltertoday.com. That's bestfiltertoday.com. Or call now, 1-866-984-6024. That's 1-866-984-6024. The revolution in clean water is here. Hydro back chatting with Mark McKinnon, political consultant for both Democrats and Republicans over the years. Well, Mark, for you personally, what got you to say, like, you know, I'm going to put some time and effort into this idea because before no labels came around, I mean, there really wasn't a place to go for this, and, and you certainly weren't getting it from the political parties. No, and that's exactly why we did. I, I, I worked for, I have a weird political history. I worked for 15 years in, in, as, in the Democratic Party and then for 15 years in the Republican Party. And I, you know, I saw a couple things. I saw one that there's good people on both sides of the aisle, but I also saw that both parties have become increasingly politicized and dysfunctional, and don't really represent the broader electorate and what everybody else wants happening in Washington. They're just very self-interested in trying to promote and sustain power. And uh, and so, uh, you know, I decided over the last ten years that I got into this because I wanted, I, you know, not because I wanted to you know, to keep a political party in power. I got into it because I wanted to try and affect some positive change in the country, and neither party was doing that. So I said, you know, we've got to find another way to try and uh, try and represent our democracy. And, and I knew I, I, I had a really good sense about what real people wanted, and so we just wanted to find a way to, as I said, throw a net around that energy and try and, and uh, release it in Washington, and that's uh, and it's working. Well, I figured you were one of the perfect guys to do this because when I saw George W. Bush and Ann Richards, uh, that's uh, an interesting combination of people that probably don't have a lot of folks that have been on both sides of that aisle. <laughs> no, that's right, and I'm doing some work with Hillary Clinton right now. So. Well, Mark, I think a lot of people on both sides of the aisle are interested in that. They want to push this thing. So let's tell folks how they can do it. How do they get involved with No Labels? And uh... It's real easy. It's just go to nolabels.org. We've got a great website, and you can sign up, and uh, and you can be part of our uh, – we have newsletters, uh, breaking news. You know, We compile all the relevant news about what's happening in this space, and uh, – 
Uh, we also have conference calls with people like John Huntsman and Joe Manchin uh, pretty regularly, and you can dial in on those. We can give you all kinds of uh, – uh, just go to nolabels.org, and we've got all the information there for you. No, that sounds great. Do they, are you doing anything on a regional basis or anything like that? or is that... And we are back. Thank you very much. Um, Chuck Morse, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, Eastern Standard Time, here at Chuck Morse Speaks. I want to thank uh, John Wilhelm for joining me, John Howard Wilhelm, who was talking about uh, the business of uh, what, what would have to be viewed as major uh, electoral reform, uh, the sort of reform that ought to uh, undergo a great deal of public discourse and examination over time given the fact that it's, uh, it's a major change in the way we, uh, we conduct our elections and govern ourselves. And as such, we ought to be very careful uh, as proceeding. CNBC has a report today, Yellen sees better economy, less money printing. Uh, that being Janet Yellen, the new chairman of the Federal Reserve System. Uh, it says here, Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen promised on Tuesday a steady and consistent course forward with less money printing, but continued low rates. In her first public remarks since taking over from Ben Bernanke, Yellen sounded optimistic about the economy, including projections about unemployment and inflation. The economic recovery gained greater traction in the second half of last year, Yellen said, according to an advanced text of her statement, she will present Tuesday to the House Finance Services Committee. She appears before the Senate Banking Committee on Tuesday. Now, I, I'm not sure exactly what she bases that on, uh, given the fact that uh, unemployment has not improved, uh, and yet we have the very bizarre comments by uh, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi, now minority leader, saying that uh, the lack of uh, the, 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 the uh, raise in unemployment or the status of unemployment uh, should be viewed as a, as a benefit to the economy. I don't get that. And that is buttressed by this congressional testimony over the past, uh, I think it was yesterday, which in which uh, a Democratic uh, senator... Uh, I'm not sure who said that uh, the the fact that it's being admitted that Obamacare is going to result in a in a diminution of jobs that that's good because it means that more people who are working because they want health insurance won't be working anymore. Instead, they'll be able to stay home and collect Obamacare. I don't get how that's good for anybody. You know, I mean, I don't get that at all. First of all. If, if someone is not is working because they want to get health insurance and they're not going to be working, how are they going to afford Obamacare? They're going to be subsidized. That's how. They're going to be subsidized by you and I, the taxpayer, who are working. And it's going to raise the cost of premiums even more because of the overall cost of Obamacare. So this is a terrible piece of news. And, of course, it's being offset in this election year by the president deciding arbitrarily to put off impl the implementation of Obamacare for another year on, uh, on private uh, individuals. 
mainly because it's so odious and unpopular that the Democrats feel that their party is imploding over it. So they want to try to uh, mitigate the damage so they can wait till after November uh, when uh, they assume we'll all be fooled, and then they can crack down then. Uh, it's a It's a cynical gambit. On the one hand, and maybe this is cynical on my part, I think that it's good. Any delay of Obamacare is good. Any delay means that perhaps this poisonous system could be destroyed. Uh, you know, if they keep putting it off, maybe that's for the good. After the November election, if, they, if they're lucky. Pat Boone here. Listen, if you have more month left over at the end of the money, you should check out Andy Willoughby's three-step plan home business system. For over 10 years now, Andy's been helping people earn extra money working from home. A three-step plan home-based business could give you a few hundred to maybe a few thousand extra dollars each month, depending on how hard you work. So if you have a telephone, Internet access, you already have all the tools you'll need. You choose your own hours so you can work around your own family and church commitments. Here's my friend Andy Willoughby to tell you more. Today, most people are more likely to get a pay cut than a cost of living raise. And I think you'll find that the three-step plan home business system is a great solution to money worries. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. 800-480-2102. Given the system we have. Okay, we'll be back after this. Chuck Morse speaks. And we are back. You're welcome to join the program. 901-509-8957. 901-509-8957. So we have Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen promising to uh, not print more money, which, of course, was inflationary. I mean, putting aside the issue of why it is that this Federal Reserve has this incredible power to decide how much money they're going to print, Um you know, which is a which begs the question. And by the way, I think that Elizabeth Warren, the corrupt corporate hack from Massachusetts, actually has a fairly interesting suggestion when she proposes that the post office be used as a uh, sort of a public bank to uh, issue currency to people. I don't think that's a bad idea. The only difference I would I would call uh, I would make. Uh, would be to have the uh, U.S. Post Office issue U.S. notes as opposed to Federal Reserve notes, which would mean that the Fed will not be involved in printing because the printing press will be returned to the Treasury Department, and which would mean that if the government decides to print money and they print more than the economy can sustain, then there's going to be a huge inflation, in which case we'll then hold them accountable. Um, I think it could be done in a way that would not be inflationary. Uh, some very targeted, very careful banking conducted by the post office, by the postal system. And it could have the additional benefit of preserving the postal system, which is under siege right now, um, 
due to the uh, competition from the Internet and from private uh, postal services like the UPS and others. Uh, the post office, in a sense, already issues currency. That's what stamps are. Stamps are a form of currency. Uh, they are purchased with Federal Reserve notes, so they're coupons more than they're currency. But nevertheless, I don't have a problem with the post office issuing direct U.S. bank notes uh, interest-free into the economy. Uh, to my way of thinking, it would move us in the direction of having an interest-free currency in this country, which is a good thing, I would argue. If the value of your money is based solely on the number of paper dollars in circulation, what does a massive increase in the supply of money mean to you? Will printing by central banks around the world change the nature of the buying power of your money? If this is all the case, what is an investor to do? USGoldCoins.com highly recommends that people diversify their wealth. Call us today and learn how you can acquire physical gold and silver coins to help divide your assets into a number of areas that will provide greater protection against an inevitable loss in buying power by the excessive printing of capital. If we can't control Washington, if we can't control the central banks, it is up to the individual investors to protect their own wealth. Do you have a sufficient amount of gold and silver coins? Please call us today, 1-800-878-2646, or log on on the web at usgoldcoins.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, we're back. Uh, this is uh, an article from Merck, which is a loser. No honeymoon for Janet Yellen. On Janet Yellen's first day in the job as Fed chair, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 326 points. Ten-year Treasury yields fell to a more a mere 2.58. While the date does not set a trend, let alone create a legacy, there is no honeymoon for Janet Yellen. Volatility, seemingly absent in 2013, is back, with major implications for investors' portfolios. Now, putting aside the fact that uh, why does this private entity have such power over our economy, let's take a look at what the article says. This is from Merck Investments. Uh, when I was a guest on CNBC, this being um, uh, from Merck Investments, he's uh, Alec, Axel Merck. should have him on this program very soon. Um, to discuss the Yellen Fed, my fellow panelists brushed off the uptick in volatility, suggesting choppiness is merely a stepping stone ahead of the next leg up in the stock market. I felt like screaming but opted not to wake up this very civilized group, let alone the audience. Here's the problem. In our assessment, <clears throat> much of the recovery has been based on asset price inflation. The theory goes that the underlying economy can heal on the backdrop of soothing Fed policy, but when much of the recovery is dependent on high asset prices, the progress achieved can evaporate at any point, and as asset prices can go down as much as they have gone up. My personal favorite bubble indicator is complacency. 
when asset prices move higher on the backdrop of low volatility, investors appear to pile into an asset or asset class without fully appreciating the risks. It happened in the 90s with the tech stocks and last decades with housing. On emerging market bonds, investors piled into these markets, ignoring how volatile they can be. The same holds true for U.S. bonds. Bond prices are historically volatile, but when the Fed smooth talks the market, investors might glaze over the risks. Then the risks come back. Investors are caught off guard and run for the hills. But don't worry. Pundits will tell you it's a buying opportunity. Of course, at some point, if there's enough fear in the market, as volatility has raged for the considerable time, attractive buying opportunities might present themselves. One of the reasons everyone appears obsessed with the Fed is because they can control the printing press and thus have a significant impact on asset prices. But even before we add the uncertainty surrounding the leadership transition at the Fed, the Fed is setting itself up for trouble. And today, I'm not even talking about tapering quantitative easing, the prelude to any exit. No, I'm talking about Fed boxing itself into a corner with words. This January, the statement by the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee was 830 words long. Ten years ago, the statement was a mere 200 words long. Proof that this word inflation is only asking for trouble is the well-known employment threshold. Recent FOMC statements state, the committee also reaffirmed the expectation that the current exceptionally low target range for the federal fund rate will be appropriate at least as long as the unemployment rate remains above 6.5%. Well, the unemployment, the employment rate is now 6.6. The moment the Fed removes the reference odds, the, moves the reference, odds are the market will price in at a rate hike, even as Janet Yellen is in no mood to raise rates anytime soon. You know, again, the broader question is, why is it that this Federal Reserve Bank, which is a private consortium of bankers and investors, why do they get to decide things like betting on unemployment rates? Why don't we have a government representing, represented by the people through their elected representatives making decisions with regard to the issuance of currency, which sets the value of currency? Uh, you know, it's one of these fundamental questions that's rarely asked. And when you ask it, people look at you like you got horns. But, and I'm not an economist, although I think the economists have not done a good job. It seems to me that as citizens, we ought to ask, why can't we as citizens, as sovereign citizens living in this great republic, why can't we control our own money? Why can't we decide? the amount of money that's pumped into the economy through our elected representatives. We'll be back. You probably knew that Thomas Edison gave us the first commercial light bulb. But did you know he invented alkaline batteries and an electric train? 
Edison said, if we all did the things we're capable of, we would astound ourselves. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. For almost two decades, I've been helping families build home businesses. Many have been astounded at what they've been able to achieve. Today, I want to introduce you to my newest and most exciting home business concept ever. It's MaxAchieve.com. If you'd like to earn $500 to $5,000 or more a month working from home, check out MaxAchieve.com. This is more than a home business. At MaxAchieve, we want to help you experience more success in all areas of your life. To find out how you could astound yourself, go to MaxAchieve.com. That's MaxAchieve.com. Or call 800-801-3465. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, I'm happy to say that uh, over the weekend, my books have received an uptick in sales. I don't know what accounts for it, but uh, there they are. The books are moving along. Let me list what they are. These are the books I have available on Amazon Kindle. These are full-length books. They range from 25 to 95,000 words. And uh, they're moderately priced, ranging from 3 to $6.00. Here they are. Was Hitler a leftist? The Socialist Bible. Why the Communist Manifesto is the world's second most important book. The Art and Science of American Money. How our money is created and why it matters. Islamo-Communism. The Communist Connection to Islamic Terrorism. The Monkey Trial. Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age. On the Jewish question, Karl Marx, anti-Semitism and the war against the West. Acorn, the takeover of America. The counter-Fabians, Republicans in the age of Obama. American Testament, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, keys to America's future. And finally, Bible Tabula Rasa, the book of Genesis. These books are all available at Amazon.com. Just check out Amazon.com. Put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, Morse, like as in Morse code, and they will all come up. They've got synopsis. They've got reviews. You can see a picture of the book. Uh, you could even read a few, a few pages for free. Uh, I'm proud of these books. They're moderately priced, and uh, I'm working on my new book, which I will probably have finished as soon as April or May at the latest, given my, my rapid writing style here. And that is called Pivots of Good and Evil, Pivotal Events of History that Have Advanced or Reversed Western Civilization. And uh, I'll leave you with a thought that if you have a pivot of good or evil that you think is relevant, please email me at, at chuckmorse4.com at gmail.com. Perhaps I'll include it in the book. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Is fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them. When you have a heart attack like I did, and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me. 
Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal. My independence is possible because of it. Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center. Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going to a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now, 1-800-304-3912. That's 1-800-304-3912. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure, 1-800-304-3912.